Hannah, what first led you to consider a career in social work? I would say that um, throughout a lot of my life, I've had a lot of people helping me because I was legally blind, so I haven't been able to like be fully independent. So I've um, worked with a lot of different social workers. I've worked with different counselors. I've worked with a lot of people, and I, they've just been, had such a big impact on me. And I think my inability to sometimes do things independently just made me want to help others do things um, independently because I know I couldn't do it all the time. And I know finding that independence is so um, important for people. And so I really like the idea of social work because I love helping people and I love just working with people and helping them get to a better spot than the one they're in and just like getting them the care that they need. And um, I found that social work was one of the best ways you could do that. Now, you seem particularly concerned about domestic violence, which is mm-hmm. a very sensitive situation. Uh, why have you kind of gone that way? Uh, I don't I don't necessarily know what took me specifically to domestic violence, but I in my one of my first classes at Cedarville, where I go to um, university, I went to a domestic violence shelter and we learned about their ministry there and like the different ways they were able to help people. And I just learned about abuse in general, and it really just like laid heavy on my heart. And those people are like in situations where they're so, it almost seems like they they feel so helpless and there's like so little they can do. And they just need somebody there to help them or to like, just like encourage them to get help. And once they're out, they just like need, they need somebody there for them. And I just love that. And specifically with children, it just like always made me just, it just hurt so bad to just hear about those different situations. And I just wanted to do everything I possibly could to help um, them to get out of those situations and to move forward into a better life where they're able to be treated in a way that is respectful and not harmful to them and where they can just flourish. This field probably would not be the right choice for everybody. I mean, there's a lot of sensitivity and probably mm-hmm. stress and, and, and passion involved. Is it the type of deal where, where you think you're going to find yourself praying a lot, uh, uh, reaching out a lot for, for advice and so forth? Oh, absolutely. I cannot see myself going into work like at a domestic violence shelter like a day without just praying through the entire day because it takes a lot of endurance and I'm going to see some very hard things and I'm going to have to learn how to handle them. And I think just going to the Lord in prayer is just going to be so helpful and encouraging because there's going to be a lot of people around me who are going to want to help me to understand these situations. But the people around me are not trained unless they're at my work. They're not trained to handle like the different situations that I'll be seeing. So it's not something I can necessarily go to other people to like work through and to just like process. So like, I have already found just like as I've been thinking about this field and just been like praying through it just in general, just like thinking about it. I found it so helpful and so encouraging just to like feel the Lord's like presence and knowing that like this is not okay, but like he's there and he's working through it and he's going to make it better. I know that some police departments now are co-working with people who are mental health experts or social Social experts mm-hmm. uh, responded to nine one one nine one one calls where perhaps a person is behaving erratically or perhaps violently mm-hmm. and so forth. Do you sense that that's a good idea to, to kind of team up with police on certain calls? Yes, I absolutely think it's a great idea. I think police do a lot of fantastic work and they need to be doing the work they're doing. But I think in those situations, social workers are often trained 
better to help the person who's in this situation to feel comfortable, to figure out how they're feeling, what's going on in their head, rather than just like responding. And I don't mean aggressive, not in like an aggressive way, but like police have to go in and get the job done. And so I feel like as social workers, we can go in calmly. We understand like the different situations they may be facing. We understand mental illness. We all understand all of that. And we're able to just go in and help them to see what they need and to turn the situation to their needs and to help cater to them. So I'm curious, if a person is, for example, on drugs, illegal drugs, Mm -hmm. narcotics, something like that, is that a mental health situation? Is that a physical health situation? What do you call that? Just like when they are on drugs? If they're they're violent, uh, you know, uh, something along that line, um, is that actually mental health per se, or is that more of a right now they're in that situation? Um, It depends. Addiction is definitely both mental and physical, but sometimes in those situations, it is more physical in that sense. Um, But like a lot of things are happening mentally that people aren't aware of. So like just helping to like know, knowing how that people react to drugs in certain ways and being able to like figure out how to like calm them down or like know what they need in those situations is really helpful. I'm going to admit I am have very little expertise when it comes to that, so I can't give a very authoritative statement well, on that. But You made more sense ahead. of it than I did with my question, so that's good. <laughs> now, you, you mentioned that, that you're legally blind. Uh, yes. Can you tell us what that means exactly and, and what your situation is, if it's not too personal? No, that's totally fine. So I have Stargardt's. It's a juvenile form of macular degeneration. So basically, to the best ability that I can understand it, um, there's a problem with my retina, and they seem to be somewhat deteriorating, um, specifically in my central vision. So I have a blind spot in my central vision. With I don't really notice the blind spot, but like things, I cannot see things well. Like um, my vision is well, normal vision is 2020. Like, that's perfect vision or whatever. Mine is at least 2,200 in both eyes. I um, So I am legally blind. And so while my central vision is, like, lacking because my retina are deteriorating, um, my peripheral vision is better. So, like, often I can see better out of, like, the sides of my eyes. So my eyes kind of flick back and forth to, like, figure out, like, which side of my eye they can see better out of. Um, while I have a blind spot in my central vision, I don't always see it. Like, it's not just like a big black area. It's just like, I don't see the things that are in that blind spot until my eyes. No, go ahead, please. So this just like makes things like difficult. Like I currently can't drive because I like wouldn't be able to pass the like test, like the road test. I can't like read font in normal books. I can't like see the television, like unless it's like really close to me. Um, faces are hard for me to see from far away, um, especially, especially like facial features like eyes. Like I kind of just see them as like black dots almost. Like it's not like as kind of scary that as it sounds, but like it's just like it's just like a shadow of something until I get close to a person, which means I need to like recognize people. I often like use a person's hair or their clothing or their voice to recognize them. I have to rely on sound a lot more than I do my vision. So you've not let this hold you back. No, I don't see the point in letting it hold me back. I was diagnosed when I was nine and I'm now 20, going to be 21 later this year. And it's not debilitating. Like I can still live my life. It just, it takes adjustment. And I've lived over my half my life with it. So it just is normal. And so 
I don't see why it needs to hold me back when I can just use it and what I've learned from it to help others and to just be a person, like the best person that I can be and to like just do that. I honestly, a lot of people don't even realize I'm legally blind because I have learned to handle it so well. Like it's not until those moments when I have to ask them for help or when they're confused. That's why I'm looking at my phone so closely to my face or like when I can't look at them straight in the face because my central vision flicks back and forth through my peripheral vision. Like I, I don't see the point in letting it hold me back because like that just wouldn't be living the best life that I could live. I admire that. And I will say that, um, I have something called Fuchs corneal dystrophy, hmm. which is um, is genetic, where the the cornea starts misbehaving, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm taking eye drops, and yeah. you know, the, the, there is hope eventually, like through a cornea transplant. Mm-hmm. In your situation, is there anything coming down the pike medically or, or technically that, that might be able to help? Um, there is nothing at this moment. I know. Some of my eye doctors have told me about some genetic therapies that are in the works um, that it could possibly help someday, but it's really hard to replace retina, and that's not something you can do. So they're working on some different genetic therapies that can at least, like, what from my understanding, I don't honestly have a lot of knowledge about it, but they're working on some different genetic therapies that can help to, like, slow down the process of the deterioration, Um, but I don't know if they're going to ever find anything that fixes it. Talking to you here, I mean, you are a super encourager, just the way you talk and <laughs> and, and, and your voice quality, and, and you're enthusiastic. And I suspect that, uh, you know, once you get into your chosen career field, that, uh, you know, you're, you're going to go for it. You're going to be compassionate. And uh, I imagine you're going to keep, you know, learning and, and studying mm-hmm. and so forth. Speaking of studying, that brings me to the point of, of Cedarville University. Yes. Uh, what kind of a role have they played in, in your hopes and your dreams and your career? They played a fantastic role. I I came into Cedar. I I have grown up near Cedarville. I actually live in town um, where it is, um, and I have just loved this university ever since I was young. And just coming onto campus, number one, there's just such a good community here, and like it's just so always encouraging to be able to just like see all of these other believers around you, pushing you towards your career goals, pushing you towards your, like pushing you towards God in so many different ways and just helping you to become a better person by like leaning into him. And so that's been something that I've loved here. And the professors, specifically like the social work professors have always been so encouraging. They push us as hard as they can because they know we're going to need to be pushed, but their goal is never to see us fail. And that's been so encouraging. They have pushed us to like um, look for the things that like we are passionate about and they've helped us find the things we're passionate about. And they've taught us how to work in those situations and they teach us how to handle burnout. And they have just been so helpful. And my classmates, they're always so encouraging, like social work specifically, it's a very hard career path. And it's just been so nice to be able to like look at this school who respects social workers and who the professors who want to see us thrive and who have lived the career and know exactly what needs to be done and who are just like so passionate about Christ too that they're able to push us towards him more as they lead us to become better in this field. I have could not have asked for a better place to study and to get to 
grow closer to Christ, but also to just learn more about social work and to get um, nearer to understanding the profession better. So would the school help with, with job placement as the time, time rolls around? Yeah, they can help with that. They they are in contact with like a lot of different um, organizations and like they, the career services like often sends out emails like, oh, this um, organization is like looking for this job and like they are very helpful when it comes to job placement and they have like a lot of good um, connections that they can get us involved in. And as social work majors, we have to do junior and senior field experience. So it's basically like an internship and our uh, department has like over a hundred or 200 like different options for us that like they have already had contact with that we can like look into and make connections with. And like, then they allow us to even go farther out into the community and they prepare us and how to do that and how to like continue out into the community and find good jobs. Hannah, I appreciate your sharing with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for letting me share with you.